Relevant. Relevant. A radio show. Sharing a real message in a relevant way. Good morning and thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Natasha Heron. We are excited for another Sunday and excited about another time to come to you with Relevant, the radio show. Today, our topic is Make Room. Does your life ever feel like it's so busy and you find that you really are not making room for God the way that you should? We're going to talk to William Foster, a pastor in the St. Louis metropolitan area, about making room for God in our lives. We've got some uplifting music, some positive news, and some things to encourage you for your week. Our song of the day is one of my personal favorites, Jonathan McReynolds' Make Room. We want to make room in our hearts so that God can live in us. Take a listen and meditate on the words of this song. I find space for what I treasure. I make time for what I want. I choose my priorities and Jesus, you're my number one. So I will make room for you. So
What's right with the world? A six-year-old boy named Blake is highlighting the power of kindness and friendship just in time for the back-to-school season. Blake's mother, Nikki Rajan, posted a photo of her son wearing a shirt that says, I will be your friend. She posted this photo on Facebook. She said, I told him that as a back-to-school gift, I would make him any shirt he would like. He could have anything on it. A basketball-themed shirt, a football-themed shirt, which are his favorites. After thinking about it, Blake answered her and said, Will you please make me a shirt that says, I will be your friend? For all of the kids who need a friend to know that I am here for them. The Georgia mom ended her caption with the hashtag, Stop Bullying, and concluded, Never underestimate your kid's heart for others. Nikki's post about Blake and his shirt has received more than 10,000 likes, and the comment section is filled with positive reactions and requests for the mom to make more of these shirts. Blake shows us that we can always make more room for friends. Now that's what's right with the world. What's right with the world? You're rocking with the best on a relevant radio show with your host, Natasha Harrod. Hi, we are back. Thanks for joining us for Relevant, the radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Harrod. And our topic today is make room. And we're talking specifically in this segment about how to make room for God in our everyday lives. Sometimes uh, we think that Uh, We are so busy and wrapped up in day-to-day life, and we don't necessarily see how we can incorporate God or the importance of doing that um, into our daily lives and our schedules. Um, So today we are going to talk to William Foster. He is a pastor in the St. Louis metropolitan area, and so we are very glad to have him with us today. Um, Welcome, Pastor Foster. Thank you, Sister Natasha, for having me. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I am, as you stated, a pastor in the St. Louis metropolitan area. I am a happy husband with uh, eight beautiful children. Um, I uh, not only pastor, but I have a ministry, which I release video devotionals daily. And, uh, called Life Flow Daily Devotional, um, very ingrained in trying to encourage people. And I am excited about life in the midst of everything that's going on. I'm still excited about the possibilities. Amen. Excited about the possibilities. That's awesome. So as I stated, our topic is make room. And so let's get our discussion started. Um, specifically, how can we um, make room for God, and we definitely need to make room for God in our everyday lives. Um, how important is that to make room in our hearts and our lives for God? It's extremely important. Um, the wonderful thing about God is that God, although he is sovereign and he is creator, he also gives us free will. Uh, if if it wasn't for his decision to give us free will, we wouldn't even need to have this topic because <laughs> we would be forced. Mm-hmm. But that's not God's nature. Um, and so he gives us an opportunity to make a choice. Uh, but the choice is 
between God being an option and a priority. And I believe that's where we first have to begin. Uh, God has to become a priority. And when he becomes a priority, it becomes second nature. That's good. I like what you said about him being a priority versus an option. Um, Why don't you kind of expand on that a little bit? Okay. I really believe that the reason why it's so difficult for many of us to make the necessary room for God is because sometimes consciously, but most of the time subconsciously, we have reduced him as an option. Um, We have reduced him to an add-on to an already daunting schedule uh, versus he needs to be the center. A priority is something that you have made a choice to invest in. And when you've made a choice to invest in, everything around it uh, reverts to being something that enhances or it only it only can be an option if it does not get in the way of the priority. Like for instance, if you're married, you have to make your marriage a priority. Mm-hmm. And when you make it a priority, everything around it, if it does not enhance the marriage or if it if it uh uh brings negative cognitation to the marriage, it's not an option. And mm-hmm. so it has to be something that's center, that's center of our life, and then everything else around it has to either enhance it or make it better, or at the very least, not get in the way of it. Wow, that, that's that's good. And actually, that's so important. When you were talking about how we have our schedules, and when we talk about, you know, we're maybe sharing our faith with someone, and we talk to them about God, sometimes they see it as, you know, just one more thing that I need to mm. add to my to-do list in right. order to be a Christian. I have to pray. I have to read my Bible, but I already have so much to do. Um, but I like what you said about how um, when it's a priority, you want to enhance that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some practical ways that we can prioritize and incorporate God into our daily routine um, so that it's not um, something laborious, I guess, is the word that okay. I'm looking for. Um, we One of the ways I think it's extremely important, it's extremely practical because it's not hard to do. Uh, it just takes us uh, breaking ourselves from the tradition. Um, we have to make sure that we don't live double lives. And when I say double lives, I'm not talking about in the sense of the traditional, charismatic, Pentecostal, holiness church meaning of double lives. Mm -hmm. But what I mean is a lot of times we separate or we categorize this is home, this is work, this is God. Instead of making God all and God is in the center of the home, he's in the center of work, Uh, He's in the center of everything I do. And so I'm not living two separate existences, but everything centers around my relationship with God. And so, like I said earlier, if it does not enhance my relationship with God, then it's obviously not something that I need to do because it moves me further away from God. And so when I make him a relationship, uh, when I make him a relationship, uh, instead of a religious obligation, 
then it's not hard to read because if you're in a relationship with somebody, you want to make them happy. And so in order to make them happy, you want you have to know more about them. It's not hard to pray because prayer is simply communication. And when you're in a relationship with someone, you want to communicate with them because you want to know what they're thinking. You want to know if they're pleased, if they're happy. You don't want to guess. You want to know. And so it's just the basic tenets that you would do with a normal relationship, whether it be spouse, uh, parent, employee, employee, communication, um, spending time um, and not seeking to invest something into it. I think a lot of times when it comes to our relationship with God, we go to God uh, seeking him to invest in us, (laughs) but we never think about us making an investment into him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe we don't even realize that it's oh, yeah. an option or that God would want us to make an investment in him. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But forgetting that he has placed something on the inside of us that he, you know, he values and he wants to get the glory out of, he wants to use, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, when we see ourselves in the way that God created us, um, we will, you know, sometimes the enemy or life has allowed us to feel that we are less than or we have nothing to offer. But when we see ourselves in the way that God created us, we will um, want to um, have that relationship with God and um, invest in him, as you said. And hey, hey, you know what? You said something, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. if I can say something to what you just said. Sure. Um, when you said when we see ourselves as God created us. I believe the reason why we don't understand these things, how to operate in us is because we do have a limited view of ourselves. Uh, we only see ourselves partially, um, but God sees us in totality. And so it takes trusting what God sees in us. And we trust that God sees the whole of us and not just the flaw of us. It, we will hear what he says and listen and say, hey, I want you. I want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know what's on your mind. I want you to talk to me. And I think that's important. It takes trust in that. Just like any relationship, you have to trust him that you are what he says you are and that he desires from you what he says he desires from you. And seeing yourself as worthy to be in that relationship. Yes, yes. Yeah, with a, a God that is almighty and powerful. But if you see yourself as his creation and part of his plan, an integral part of his plan, then you will see your place in that relationship. Agreed. Yeah. And and I think that you have brought up some great points about it being a relationship versus obligation um, and how we can develop that spending time. And, you know, it won't be hard to incorporate that into our lives when we understand that prayer is not just uh, two hours on your knees, right? It is daily communication with God as you're driving, as you're making decisions, it's talking to him. It's, it's listening to his, that still small voice so that he can direct your path path and, um, give you guidance, um, so that you know which way to go in life and and, and you are, um, in tune with him. And when you look at it that way, then you will see, that it's not, and there are times that I'm sure that God will lead us for set aside, you know, prayer with him and communication with him, but seeing, um, 
as especially if you are a new believer or you are starting your path of getting to know the Lord. Um, the purpose of this show is to show you that, you know, God really wants that time with you. And it, it doesn't have to be something that um, you see as just a, a, another thing on your to-do list, but it can be something that uh, enhances your life. It will be something that enhances your life when you make room for God. Amen. I agree. Yeah. So um, let's take a break here and we will be right back. Corinzo. I won't turn back. His debut album featuring When I look at the strength that you have given me Thanks for joining us again. We are having a great discussion with Pastor William Foster on the topic, Make Room. And we are talking about making room for God in our lives. And many times I know that God wants to guide and direct us in everything that we do, relationships, decisions we make. Um, Sometimes we need to make room for God in our hearts because we have kind of consumed it with everything that we want to do and our wills and our desires and our uh, things that we are seeking for in life, uh, our aspirations. How do we move our will out of the way so that we can, we know that we're hearing from God and that it's not all about us and we're not just presenting God our to-do list of, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, but we are moving all of that out the way so that we can hear what God wants from us? Wow, great question. Um, I think the first step in doing that is to honestly, to have an honest conversation with God. God, is this your will for me? Um, One of the things, for whatever reason, I really believe that we um, we make this communication thing when it comes to God harder than it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for whatever reason, we don't believe that God will give us a direct answer. <laughs> and, and God will give you a direct answer. Uh, he does not want to keep you in the dark. Um, I believe the second thing is we need to pray for discernment. We need to pray for discernment. Um, and what do you mean by and, discernment? Okay. Discernment is the ability, in simple terms, the, the definition of discernment is the ability to judge well. Okay. Or in other words, it is being able to process what's around you, process what you're hearing, process what you're feeling, process what you're seeing, and to determine which category it needs to go to. All right. Okay. Uh, category one, is this God's will? Category number two, is this my will? Category number three, is this everybody else's will? And I think a lot of times that everybody else's will gets a lot of play in our lives because we naturally become people pleasers. Uh, We want to be celebrated. 
We want to be appreciated. Uh, we love when people give us accolades. And so we find ourselves trying to live uh, this life that other people have imagined for us. And sometimes ourselves, sometimes our parents, uh, mm-hmm. the people that surround us have imagined for us. And we never took the time to ask God, okay, God, I know this is what they say they see in me, but is this what you, this is this the plan you had when you designed me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so I think that is very, 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 very crucial. Ask him to show you, ask him to give you wisdom. Um, because I believe it's like this. God gives you off the top, God will show you, give you a sense of where you're headed. But he doesn't always give you the roadmap of how you're getting there. Very true. You know, and so in the process of going through, I, as a matter of fact, we talked about this earlier. Um, there are some things that God had in store for me. Um, I heard through prophecy. I heard through conversation with him. Had no idea it was going to take the route that it has taken currently in my life. But in it, even in the difficulty of it, I can sense through discernment. I know through his confirmation that, OK, yeah, this might be a little difficult. But this is the road that I have designed for you to go, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end, like the Bible says, and we know all things work together for good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, and I, I think I like what you said about sometimes moving out um, everyone else's idea of what your life should yes. look like, moving that out of your mind and what you thought it would look like in your plan um, so that we can make room for God and, and what he really wants from us um when have jokingly i'm mm-hmm. sorry okay. uh, have jokingly I, I will call it the the curse of social media mm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and what i mean is it seems social media has uh revealed it to a greater extent mm-hmm. we live for likes and hearts mm-hmm. and shares yeah um everything we do uh it seems to be to please other people but inside, we become very unhappy, yeah. you know, and we're doing things. We even in our pastoral leadership or even in our worship, subconsciously, a lot of times we're doing it for the approval of people. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this belongs to God. This is a personal thing. Everybody may see it, but it's not between you and everybody else. It's between you and God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think when we realize that, then we can live our lives to please God. Um, And I remember when I was preparing to go back to graduate school and I, my intention was to go to one university and I was going to major in corporate communications, get a master's in that. Um, And the Lord just kind of kept bringing up a program at um, Missouri Baptist university and a master's in um, ministry. Okay. And I thought, okay, God, I've already got a political science degree, um, a bachelor's <laughs> in that. I mean, I don't, I need a degree where I can make some money. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to go back to school at this age. Um, but I just kept coming back to that and I was just kind of warring with it in my spirit. And I was sharing with a friend of mine, you know, I was like, I kind of, I really want to do this. I'm really interested in, you know, corporate communications, doing trainings for different companies and um, 
really been looking into that, but, you know, God just keeps, you know, leading me over here and looking at this program for um, Christian ministry. And, you know, they got a great pastoral ministry program and an urban ministry okay. program. Um, but I want to do this, you know, so I'm just kind of, you know, you know, having a tug of war with that in my spirit. Yeah. And a friend of mine told me, well, if you feel, if you really feel like this is what God wants you, wants you to do, why is there a debate in your spirit? And I'm like, well, when you put it that way, <laughs> I had to make room for God, God's right. will in my life and move my will out, you know, mm-hmm. because the person knew that ultimately my desire is to be obedient to God. And when you put it like that, if this is, if you believe this is what God wants you to do, then why are you having a tug of war when you want mm-hmm. to be obedient? And I think that when we look at it that way, why are we, if God wants us to take this position, if God wants us to let this relationship go, why are we having a tug of war? Sometimes we need to make room in our hearts for what God wants. He wants to bring better in our lives Yes. if we would let go of what we have. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's not, that's not, that's sometimes that's easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have subconscious trust issues. Uh, we don't always like to admit it, but when you were talking, I thought about Peter. Um, when Jesus, now Peter, think about this. Peter was, fishing was his profession. That's how he made money. So he was an expert at it to a certain extent. Right. And he had been doing it the way that was known to do it. And he hadn't caught anything this day. All right. Hazards of the job. And Jesus talks to him and tells him to cast his net, drop his net for, for a catch. And Peter acknowledges, he says this, if we pay attention, he says, well, we've been doing it the way it's supposed to be done and we didn't catch anything, but not that it makes sense, but I'm going to do it because you said so. That's your word, yes. <laughs> and when he did it because Jesus said so, because if you do any research on that and you notice what Jesus told him to do was the opposite of what he should have done. Okay. Net fishing should not be done in deep water. And net fishing should not be done in the middle of the day (laughs) because it's bright. There's fish see it coming from a mile away. It doesn't make sense. But when it comes to God, God overrules all of that. And so you have to trust him to be able to do what doesn't make sense to do. Wow. 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 So, So we have to move our reasoning and thinking out of the way to make room for obedience. Obedience, I hear obedience being key, not just trust, but then obeying, you know, but when we, when we trust, we will obey. (laughs) Yep. You will not obey what you don't trust. (laughs) That's true. You will will not obey. That's like you, you will not obey. And so, like you said, our prayer should be, Lord, help us, give us, give us the wisdom you know, give us the wisdom to trust you so that we can obey you yeah. and you'll get the glory. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps someone is listening and they're at a place in their lives where they feel like they're going in circles, making the same mistakes. They're in unsuccessful relationships or they're not feeling productive or maybe they feel because they haven't attended church in forever. God isn't interested in hearing from them. Mm. So why even make one? Why even start? Or maybe they feel abandoned by God due to things that they've experienced in their lives. There's a lot of people that are going through hardships now, yeah. loss and death and financial difficulties and sickness. What advice would you give 
to someone or people in these scenarios that are really feeling distant from God during these times? Um, how can we make room when we feel like that room is dark? Mm. Um, I would, a simple process of using a scenario that happens in scripture. Um, there was, in Second Kings, there was a widow who had sons. Her husband was a prophet and he had died and there was debt. Mm-hmm. So much debt that the debt owners was going to come and collect by taking her son. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first thing that she did in that situation, hey, communicate with God. She understood that the man of God had a line to God. So she, hey, what this is what I got have going on. What do I need to do? So if you're in that dark place, be honest about it. This is what I'm going through right now. All right. Second thing she did was she listened to the instruction that was sold. All right. You have to listen. Once you communicate with God, don't communicate with God expecting, not expecting to listen to what he tells you to do. He's going to tell you something to do. It may make sense. It may not. But follow his instructions. Another thing to do is you have to learn how to shut people out. I mm. think we we mistake this. We believe that because we have relationships with people, that people need to always have access to us. Not true. Sometimes even the very closest people to you in certain situations, they may get in the way of you hearing from God. Mm. So you have to learn when to step back. All right. And so I believe it's number one, approaching God with honesty. Number two, uh, following his instructions of what he tells you to do. Number three, understanding when you need to step back from people, you know, and when you step back from people, you can clearly carry out the instruction he wants you to do. And he can give you that peace that you need from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's really great, um, being honest. And, and sometimes that is, seems like difficult for people, especially being honest with God, because yeah. we want to, as I say, have these like, you know, pray with these $5 words and make oh, it man. really fancy. And God's not really looking for all of that from us, is he? Not impressed by it. He's not yeah. impressed. He yeah. knows. Yeah. He knows. We have to approach him. We have to approach him like he already knows. Us being honest with God is not informing God of anything. He's sovereign. <laughs> He's also he, he already knows. But actually, the process of us being honest with God is us finally getting to a place of humility within ourselves that we will purposely be naked before God. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that place of humility, you can hear from God and you can actually move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I often say, you know, I I often say that, you know, being honest with God, because he already knows how you feel. And, you know, when you have questions, you know, people say they they misunderstand that that scripture, you know, about questioning God. And I say you better question because you you need to know (laughs) what it is that I'm supposed to be learning from this. Why am I going through this? You know, and I, I just feel like the God that we serve, he's big enough and he's not intimidated by our questions, by our fears. And he he wants us to bring those to him, you know, (laughs) being honest, listening and following instructions, um, which is so key. And you talked about that earlier. And then shutting some people out, 
And, and you talked earlier even about how we have to sometimes kind of move out their expectations of us, whether you are in leadership or whether, you know, your marriage or your career, right. your life choices. You have to shut those people out so that you can really hear from God and make room for the voice of God in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. And just as we um, conclude, you know, I just want to ask you personally, as a pastor, a lot of times people have this um, conception of pastors that you all are praying 23 hours a day and, you know, just all in the spirit and, you know, (laughs) are there times that, and you mentioned eight children, you have a lovely, large family, beautiful wife um, (laughs) that is very supportive in you uh, with ministry. Amen. Um, But is there, are there times as a pastor, as a man, as a father that you have to say, Hey, I've gotten kind of caught up in my daily routine. I need to make sure that I'm making room for God. In my life. Yes, yes, yes. It, true and very true. Um, especially in the last few years, I've had to kind of learn to have an honest assessment of myself and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people don't realize it and sometimes won't admit it. But sometimes as leaders, we're not, ne- we're not necessarily making room for God. We're making room for ministry. Mm, wow. We are, and and sometimes we get those things confused, and they're not the same. Yeah, we're living our life. We feel like that we're okay with God in our personal relationship because we're doing so much preparing to help everybody else, preparing to preach to everybody else. But when's the last time that we made a conscious effort? God, I'm in worship with you, not to prepare a sermon. I'm in worship with you, not because I have to lead worship, but I'm working on our relationship. And so I've had to learn in this last couple of years to say, Hey, just because you can be, you can, you can be in scripture all day long and still be broken Mm -hmm. because while you're preparing to serve, you're not getting that personal one-on-one time with God. God needs some time with you outside of, I try to tell my, I tell my wife and my kids, Hey, there's some time when we need to spend, as a family together, we have kids, we have, but then there's sometimes that I need to spend with my wife, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it, <laughs> it's not the same, right. <laughs> just like with God. <laughs> there's some time yeah. when I have to leave because this is what God has assigned me to do. But then there's some time when I have to go away. And sometimes, you know what that is, sis? Sometimes exactly. that means I might have to not go to church this particular day. Mm-hmm. Because God needs some time with me. <laughs> he, he needs some time with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not hey, serving, I mean, not working, not serving. but just sitting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sitting still. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's great that um, you make that decision, distinction in um, studying for your personal edification or worshiping um, to feed your soul rather than preparing to serve or to give that out because it's different. It's different, different. you know, because your focus is different. I know when I'm preparing a message, you know, you're thinking about these points and how to bring this out and what scripture can, you know, can support that. But then when you are studying for your personal worship, that's different. I'm, I'm filling up, I'm filling up. You know, yeah. and I'm receiving, you know, 
um, as opposed to preparing to give out. So that definitely is so important. And I, I think that that is really good. Yeah. And as you were talking, I definitely was thinking too how, you know, um, and you said, you know, we can be busy with um, ministry as opposed to like our personal relationship with God. And we see that, especially with this pandemic and shutdown, everybody has a Facebook um, ministry now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody's going live, but really making sure that we are being authentic and having something authentic to share, you know, and not just share because you have a platform and followers. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just as we, excuse me, just as we make room for our husband and our wife, because sometimes we can get caught up daily and we can, although we see each other, although we live together, we're not making time for one another, you know, because, you know, we're not setting aside time where we're not just talking about bills. We're not talking about kids. We're not talking about ministry and things that we have to do, but I'm Mm -hmm. investing in you and I'm listening to your heart and you're listening to mine. And conversely, that is what God wants from us, you know, to do just sit and have some time with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation and just sharing with us. Um, And I think that you have put it in very practical terms. And uh, anything that you would like to leave our audience as far as making room for God? Well, uh, thanks for having me. And I just want to encourage everyone, um, hear God for you. Uh, Trust him. Trust him for you. Ask him to open up your understanding of what it is that he desires for you. Um, it's not, it's a personal relationship. It's not uh, a group relationship that you have with him and somebody else. It's between you and him. And at the end of the day, some people may not agree. Some people may not like it, but as long as God is pleased, you're going to be okay. Amen. 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 And if there's somebody that is listening today, I want to encourage you that even though you might be in a dark place or you may feel that you have gone too far, made too many mistakes, I want to let you know that is not the case, that you can still make room for God in your heart. And he is excited about forming a relationship with you. He loves you. He created you for purpose. And there is still a great destiny waiting for you. It's not too late and it's not been too long. So come home, make room for him in your heart. God bless you, Pastor Foster. We'll be right back after this break. This is Relevant, the radio show. And I'm your host, Natasha Harrod.
easy to get caught up in our everyday routine. Even though things have slowed down somewhat this year, we can still find ourselves caught up in the hustle and bustle of life. However, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes it feels like there's something missing. Oftentimes, that something is God. I want to challenge you to make room for God. God desires a relationship with each and every one of us. He wants to share your life with you. 
connect to God, talk to God through prayer, and read scripture to get to know him. This isn't something I'm going to be adding to my already overflowing to-do list. No, this is something that I'm going to do that's going to add value and enrich my life. I gain value from this relationship with God. I gain direction from his words. I receive peace from my quiet time with him. Be intentional about making room for God in your life. Prioritize your time with God. Schedule space to sit quietly in his presence. Whether it's getting up a half hour earlier, staying up a bit later, or listening to worship music during your morning routine. God, I commit to make room for you. And then don't get caught up in the ritual of it and feel defeated if you miss a day or you don't have as much time this week. God sees the sincerity of your heart. And it is only the enemy that comes to tell you that you're not doing it good enough or you're not serving God well. And you might ask, what do I do during this quiet time? Write in your journal. Pray using scripture. Make a list of things that you're grateful for. Write a prayer. Listen to worship music and really meditate on God's love and the words of the songs. Most of all, stop. And listen, be still, clear your mind, sit in silence, and allow God to refresh you. Be intentional and prioritize your time with God and watch the difference it makes in your life, the peace and the calmness that will wash over your soul. God, I will make room for you, not because I have to, but because I want to. God, I will make room for you. Not out of obligation, but because I love you. God, I will make room for you. Ooh, the Relevant Radio Show. Yeah. Let's get relevant. Let's get relevant. Let's get relevant. I gotta have you, I gotta have you, I gotta have you, I gotta have you, oh Lord, I gotta have you.
We are in the relevant spotlight, and today we are spotlighting Mr. Tim McCoy and Battleground Fitness. Um, earlier, we talked about making room for God in our lives and quiet time and meditation, and we are going to talk about making time for health and fitness in our life, making room for health and fitness in our lives, um, because I believe the two go hand in hand, and so we are going to talk to an expert in that field and um, kind of get some insight on the topic. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your business. Well, my name is Tim McCoy, um, uh, owner and founder of Battleground Fitness. Uh, this started back in 2018, around March 2018, as a full-time career. I actually started training uh, myself basically my whole life. Uh, took it really seriously around 2011. That's when I pretty much made a, uh, my transformations for my body. Uh, about, I'm six foot one. I was 160 pounds. I've been the same weight since I was a freshman in high school until I was 26 years old. Uh, and then I made a little transition as far as uh, how my body looked, uh, transformation anyway. Uh, so I took, decided to take control and change the way that I was eating and uh, take uh, fitness a little bit more serious as far as how to change my body. So uh, I always worked out when I was younger, but never really changed the way that I actually looked. I just would work out and just kind of eat how I wanted to eat. Uh, but the, the, the game changer was the, the food that I was eating. So that's the way I was able to grow, uh, develop a lot more muscle. I grew into 
grew about 50 pounds. I'm 210 pounds now. I actually got up to 228 pounds of muscle. And um, they were like being that big. So I dropped down a little bit more, trimmed down a little bit more. So right now I'm 210 pounds. Um, so that transformation took place. Uh, it took me about three years to make that transformation. Uh, and in, me, in that time, I was helping a lot of people transform their lives as far as training them. So I was training people for about free for about eight years. Uh, then they decided to make a career out of it. So around 2018 is when I started the, my business. Uh, since then, I've uh, grown. I've, I'm right now. I'm currently located in uh, Jennings, uh, 2545 Door Doorwood Drive, uh, in Jennings, Missouri, 63136. Um, and I've been training here for the last year and a half. Um, I've been training out of different areas when I first started off, but uh, this has been a passion of mine for a very long time. Uh, get to help people change their bodies and change the way they look on life um, and take control of their lives. Awesome. Awesome. I can say that looking at your Facebook page and the before and after pictures, I definitely was inspired to get off the couch and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, realizing, you know, it's, and sometimes I think we, we use the excuse that we are busy you know, and that's kind of what we are talking about today, making room. Um, we talked about making room for God in our everyday lives. Do you see a connection to physical health and our spiritual or emotional health? Yes, uh, as well as mental. Um, a lot of things uh, that happens in life is usually uh, because of the way that we look at it. It's really our, from our perspective. So if we feel like we don't have enough time, we, we act in that way. Uh, we feel like it's not that important. We act in that way. So it's really a, like a, a, a mental thing with that, as well as the spiritual as well. So it's like, if I don't feel like I, I have time to pray and communicate with God, you're going to act in that fashion. Uh, so a lot of things come with the first thought of the mind, and then it, it spills out into our everyday lives. Okay. Okay. So I guess it starts in the mind first, and what you think you can do is what you do. Exactly. You know? I tell yeah. people often, like, oh, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, and I heard you say about, you know, kind of making a transformation um, with your body a few years ago. Um, how important is it to make room in our daily routine for some type of exercise or routine, fitness routine? Um, you know, if we, um, you know, try to eat semi-healthy or you know we take the stairs instead of the elevator um isn't that enough you know yeah so it's funny how people uh think in that way it's better than doing nothing and it right. is it's better than doing absolutely nothing um but after a while you know um you're going to see that that's not uh doing what you needed to do you know so it's like not like you just take the stairs every day and now you're not going to have any issues um, especially with this COVID-19 thing going on, it's very, very important to make sure you're staying healthy, make sure you're eating properly, and make sure you're exercising. So if something like this does come on you, it's not an automatic death sentence, uh, so you're healthy enough to actually fight it off. Uh, so it's very important, to, especially around this time now, but to, get, to keep it in mind that it's very important to do it on a regular basis. It won't run away from you when you get to a point uh, where you feel like, oh, there's no hope, but now i got to do all this stuff you know, but if you just got to do things, small things on a day-to-day basis, um, regular activity as far as uh, exercising on a day-to-day basis, it actually helps you uh, along the way in the long term. Yeah, yeah. Kind of doing those small things. Um, 
So what would you say to the person that um, feels that they don't have time to work out or they don't have the money to join a gym or hire a personal trainer? So how can I make room? What's the point in making room in my life for health and fitness if I don't have the time or the money to do it, um, you know, that way? Everyone has the time. Uh, It's just how you manage your time. Um, everybody has the same time, actually. We have the same mm, 24 same hours. Same 24 hours, yeah. So everybody has the same 24 hours, how you manage your time. And then it's, it's, and then it's actuality. You have to look at what's going on in your life, actually. Are you literally busy 24 hours a day? Nobody really is. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what, do you, what do you take from that you're not busy? Are you taking, you, some people value things more than others. Like some people value their TV time over exercise time. So, yeah, they don't have time because they value sitting on the couch to watch TV, you know, you can take some of that time and actually do some exercise. So it's like your value system. You have to really kind of check all of that and just pay attention. It's like, okay, how much time do I actually have? I have 24 hours, eight hours I'm at work, um, say hours commuting to and from work. Um, how much time am I sitting, sitting on a couch or even sleeping? How many time, how many hours a day am I sleeping? I'm sleeping 10 hours. I could probably take an hour to do some exercise or even 30 minutes. Um, you can take, take it from Somewhere. So time is usually a thing that people make an excuse not to do it for. Everybody has the time. Just you have to just be a, a realist in that in that perspective and just, you know, actually pay attention to the times in your day. If you have to schedule every minute of your day out, um, you'll find out that you actually have time. But it's about structure. You got to build the structure in your life for that. The money part of it is a little different. So because um, you don't necessarily need. Uh, money to exercise. You can just exercise from where you are. We in the age of the internet. You can look anything up on the internet <laughs> and figure uh-huh. something out. Um, but to actually hire a personal trainer or join a gym, gyms just join a gym isn't very expensive. It's like ten dollars a month. Planet Fitness, twenty dollars. Club Fitness, even ten dollars there as well. Um, like ten bucks a month. Uh, just to join a gym with equipment and different things like that and have full access to all of those things. Uh, a personal trainer, I would say, is more so for the ones that's going to be committed. I, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody that's going to waste their time um, because it's, you, you're on somebody else's time. They're going to help you get to where you're trying to go. Um, some people do. You know, they come in and kind of play around. They're serious, but they just need a little time to be around the mindset of the individual that has the structure and the information uh, and it gets into them, then they kind of get a little bit more serious about what they, got, what they have going on. Um, but everything more so, like I said, is about management. You have to manage your time. You have to manage your money, budget yourself, uh, see what you can afford that's out there. You know, there's mm-hmm. the higher end of things or, you know, elite trainers that have uh, one-on-one sessions. You know, then there's another tier of it where you can do uh, group training sessions like a boot camp or something. Those are typically cheaper. Um, or you have outside sessions, uh, typically cheaper as well. Then you have some sessions where people just go around and, you know, just kind of train for free in the neighborhood. Uh, those are kind of few and far in between, kind of hard to find those. Or you have like places like a Planet Fitness or so where you can go and they do a, a free, like introductory class of just showing you what equipment does what and kind of teach you that that way as well. But a personal trainer in, the, in, in your regard is really just to be extremely serious about what you're doing and take control of your life and deciding to say, Hey, I need help. And you're buying speed when you hire a personal trainer, you're buying all that person's information, everything that they already experienced, and they're going to apply it to you. So you don't have to figure it out yourself. 
Okay. And do you do one-on-one classes or group classes or how, how are your sessions yeah, structured? Yeah, me specifically, I do one-on-one classes, especially with the, you know, the COVID thing. I actually had classes before um, where I had multiple people uh, and I was doing one-on-one training as well as group classes. Uh, when COVID, the COVID pandemic shut everything down, you know, that eliminated a lot of that stuff. Uh, looking to start that back up as well. But at the current time, I'm doing a lot of one-on-one uh, personal training and two-on-one too. Uh, keeping the, the numbers low, the amount of bodies in one area uh, pretty low, just to you know eliminate the, the spread of the virus or the the the, um, the maybe the uh, what you call it, the possibility of spreading the virus. So right, you know, right. I keep it pretty low. Okay, okay, okay. So you have taken away our excuses about time, about money. (laughs) So as we wrap up, um, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are listening and they feel like I'm too far gone to start. I weigh too much. It's been too long. I'm too out of shape. I'm too old. It's too late for me now. What advice would you give them? Um, Because, you know, from what you know, we all know that we need to prioritize our health and incorporate more fitness into our routine. And then, but sometimes we're just intimidated, you know, or like I say, because of our weight or, you know, our age or different things like even um, different health issues, you know, we just feel like we don't really know where to start. Where do we start? Where does the average 45, 50 year old start? Uh, first, you have to make a decision decision to do the activity so to to decide hey i'm going to take control of my health all right so you have to decide first um once you decide it's it's really as simple as this i'm going to probably make it seem too simple but uh you decide and then you execute so once you make the decision you know you have to you know you're going to execute so you have to figure out how to execute so i'm going to give you some step plans on how to do that so first you um Try to try to start on your own, you know, try to do some physical activity around the house. Um, if you're one of those people that are extremely overweight and you're 50 years old, say you're over 300 pounds, and it's hard for you to maneuver, uh, you know, stand up and maneuver, you know, stand up and walk back and forth down, up and down the hallway, see how that makes you feel. You know, uh, if you're extremely tired at the end of the day where you know you got a long way to go, you know, so you can just keep doing that, keep doing that. Um, so I would say start around the house. Um, I was, I would say anything you can basically find, you can probably find it on YouTube. So if you want to look up uh, overweight exercise for people 300 pounds and 50 years old, you can probably find that. Um, so that's, a, that's a way that you can actually start it. Uh, once you get a little bit more comfortable with moving around, um, and you need a little bit more, I say, equipment or different things like that to actually physically change your body, you can start going into uh, possibly a gym if you feel comfortable around people. If not, you may want to go to a personal trainer if you uh, decide to do that as well. But it's all dependent upon um, your level of comfort. Some people come straight to a trainer because they don't want to be in the gym. Uh, some people try to gym out first just to get used to doing stuff and then they need extra help, then they go to a trainer. But it just depends on the individual. Um, but I would say start at home just with your physical body moving around. Everybody kind of knows a lot about PE class and the basics that you would talk growing up, doing jumping jacks, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, and different things of that nature. Uh, you can try those things first. Um, jump ropes, um, squats, you know, stand, get up, stand up and sit down in a chair, just up and down, up and down. Lay down on the floor 
and stand back up, lay down on the floor, stand back up. Just very simple things that you don't think is exercise until you do it over and over. Or do it mm-hmm. for a minute. You'll right. see how much of an exercise it is. Right. Um, but I was basically say start at home, um, look it up on the internet. Internet is very useful at this point in time now. We're at home locked in our houses. Um, but it's very useful at this point. And I would say start there. If you if you feel that you need to talk to someone about a consultation about about something and how your body is, and uh, if you feel like you're very, very far gone, just need help, I mean, I would say go to a personal trainer um, that'll help you along the way to give you some motivation, give you guides on how to eat, how to maneuver, and how to live your day-to-day life to get you to where you're trying to go. Uh, I do this. I do this on a regular basis where I I have people come in. Um, I actually tell them what their body is actually physically made of. I have a piece of technology here that can weigh every thing in your body as far as your bones, your water in your body, uh, your muscle in your body, your fat in your body. And it tells me individually in your segments of your body, like in your right arm, how much fat is in your right arm, how much fat is in your left arm, how much muscle is in your right arm, how much muscle in your left arm, your left leg and right leg in your body. Um, so you can see what you're made of. You kind of see like, okay, because most people look get on the scale and figure whatever the scale says, that's how fat they are. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it's not necessarily true uh, because fat weighs a certain amount, muscle weighs a certain amount, water weighs a certain amount. All these things are weight, uh, but our main concern is usually fat. Um, so it's not weight that we're worried about; it's fat that we're worried about. And then we have the other the other end of the spectrum where people are actually trying to gain some weight because they—that's how I was. You know, I, I was too skinny; wanted to be a lot bigger. But it's, it all starts with the decision of making it, making up your mind and then okay. starting to do some action. You got to take action. Okay. So I guess to summarize what you're saying, make a decision. Start small. You can start at home. Start right where you are, walking up and down the hallway, the steps at your house. And then after that, make the next step, a gym, a personal trainer, you know. But whatever you do, make time. Make time because um, – fitness and exercise um it's so tied to our physical health and there are so many um diseases that we can avoid or minimize in our lives diabetes high blood pressure different things like that and the complications that come with that when we make room for um health and fitness so many times you know we feel like just because we're going to church or we're praying you know that god is just going to you know just cover us from everything but we can eat the way we want we can sit on the couch and eat and uh just watch TV all day, but unfortunately right. it doesn't work like that. <laughs> the one thing that we do as, like, as as church people is like, I don't know why we find so much more comfort in the food. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's you celebrate with food. <laughs> yeah. We celebrate with food. Well, we don't do anything else. We don't go to the club. I'm like, but yeah, but gluttony's a sin. You can't just eat, eat, eat yeah. <laughs> all long. So I'm like, that's still like, it's just, you just indulge into another sin. So a lot of things we do, even the saints is, uh, in, you know, find comfort in that piece of it. And that's not also not healthy as well. So it's not a thing that we can do that's um, that that uh, substitute for not doing other things. We do it, but it's not a good substitute. So like, right. find yourself busy to take care of yourself is a better substitute than just, you know, picking out. Right, exactly, exactly. Find a better substitute. So I hope that we have motivated you today to not only make room for God in your life, but make room for your physical and uh, your physical health, exercise, fitness, um, so that you can be healthy. Thank you, uh, Mr. Sam McCoy, for joining us today on Relevant, the radio show. We will have information on um, how to 
contact uh, Tim and Battleground Fitness. And if you want to learn more information about his business, possibly get a consultation. Um, and I'm sure that you will be just as motivated as I was when you see those pictures on his page and really see the great work that he's doing. Um, I know it, it's making a difference in the lives of many people. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hey, doctor, what does it mean to be relevant? Relevance is the concept of one topic being connected to another topic in a way that relevant. makes it use the radio show.
Yeah. 
glad that you have joined us today. Thank you to my guest, Pastor William Foster. I hope that we have encouraged you to make room for God in your life. Thankful thoughts. I am thankful for God's enormous love for me and the gentle reminders that his desire is to share my life with me. I am thankful for the peace and comfort I feel when I spend time in his presence. I'm thankful that even when I get too busy, God has a way of slowing me down so that I make room for him so that he can live in me. Let me leave you with this. When we lay down our desires and live surrendered, we make room for God to have his way in our lives. Be intentional and prioritize your time with God. Make sure that you make room for God. Thanks for joining us today. Have an awesome week. Be real, be relevant, and walk in the light. Come as you are and bring every burden. Come as you are. Bring all your shame. Come as you
Same. 